River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Ben, here along with Eric. I will never point right. Uh, <laughs> Eric is back here with me. We uh, unfortunately do not have James on here, um, and I feel bad. I, I, I personally don't want to do a preview episode of the Jacksonville game without him since we're going to be there. And um, rest assured, folks, um, all plans are good to go still for being there we got a lot of good stuff uh coming at you next week when we're actually there and a lot to recap it'll be a lot of fun to talk about once we're there but alas this week uh we are coming at you with just a parlay episode but before we talk about the parlay we have a big announcement involving this gentleman right here next to me (laughs) super fan eric has been promoted to a full-time contributor to the Niner Nuts family. I wish James was here to celebrate. <laughs> we'll do another one. Thank you. But yeah, no, uh, I'll I'll speak on behalf of both of us and just and just say that um, this was a, a very easy decision when James and I uh, discussed it. And we absolutely love having you on. We love your passion for the team. Uh, we just, we clicked immediately. We've always had a lot of fun with you on mic. And uh yeah i just we're very thankful that um you have the time to be a regular um niner nut uh one of our new buddies that are nuts about the niners <laughs> kind of stumbling up over my words here but um but yeah no eric uh I, i'm thrilled i'm very happy and uh just welcome aboard <laughs> yeah thanks dan i mean like i said when you guys offered me the opportunity to come on full-time i I couldn't have been more excited. Uh, was absolutely overwhelmed and thrilled um, getting to to do the guest spots with you guys. The few times that I've done it has just been an amazing uh, you know journey. It's been tons of fun uh, getting to do these podcasts. It's just been totally amazing, and I've loved every minute. Like you said, we've we've just had like an instant chemistry and instantly clicked, and it's just been such a such a great time every time that I've gotten to be a part of the show and. Um, you know, every, every time you guys have called, I've, I've, I've rushed home and just been like, Oh, I can't wait to do the show tonight. And like, yeah, I tell my wife that I'm so excited to come on and she's like, okay, you know, go ahead. And I'm just like, Oh, I can't wait. You know? And I, and I just, uh, you know, I'm just giddy with the anticipation. So, uh, getting to do this regularly is a real treat for me. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity that you guys gave me. So thank you very much. Of course, man. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, which means also not only do you and I get the dog pile on James come week 13 when we face the Eagles. <laughs> you get to be a part of our parlays as well. Um, I don't know. Yes. If we, I don't know if we have a nickname for you yet. Uh, Jimmy B, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, just give me one. Give me one second. Sorry about that, folks. My cat off mic was chewing something he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> anyway, um, Indiana Dan is here, and we consulted with uh, Mr. Jimmy B for uh, his betting ideas. And um, Eric, we will come up with with a nickname for you in time. But um, yeah, you get to fine. be a part of these now. And, yes, I'm excited. Hey, folks, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I had to step away to get that cat to stop chewing on what he wasn't supposed to. So um, we're back now, though. Um, and what we're going to be doing is going through our week ten parlay picks. As I was trying to say, uh, we were we were able to consult with Jimmy B to get his blessing on these picks. 
beforehand. Uh, but again, unfortunately, he couldn't be here for this episode. But with that in mind, these are our eight picks this time. Uh, we decided adding Eric into here. And we are taping this uh, just before kickoff of the Jets game. So fingers crossed it actually worked this week. <laughs> you have no idea. Inside baseball, you have no idea how excited James was when he called me at 1130. I'm about to go to bed. And he's like, did you watch the end of the Bengals game? And I'm like, I was having a movie night. No, I. it didn't seem like I missed anything. It was 2410 last I checked. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, the bang- the Bengals still won. And uh, he was just so ecstatic. And I, yeah, I am too. If listeners, you'll know by now if our parlay actually paid off, hopefully. Um, hopefully the Jets end up being the Chargers or the Chargers end up beating themselves, let's say. Um, <laughs> let's be real. But yeah, hopefully, listeners, uh, we are all celebrating together with how good our parlay went. So we're going to ride that high, presumable high that we have now, and go through all of these games. The very, very first one, excuse me, the very first one is an interdivision game in the AFC North. It is the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Cleveland Browns at 1 o'clock. We were kind of wary on one o'clock games this last week and it paid off, but we dipped back into it and we have four of them this week. The first one that we're talking about, of course, is the Ravens and the Browns. As you see, it's minus 245 in favor of the Ravens. I think we're all three in agreement here that after the last two home games that the Ravens had where they shut down the supercharged Lions and then they just took the Seahawks to the cleaners. They only allowed them to score three points. This seems like a pretty easy pick, even though Cleveland does, I believe they still have the number one defense right now, uh, overall yeah. yardage wise. Uh, this shouldn't necessarily be that big of a hassle for the Ravens still to at least walk out with a win. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the spread of this game is only four and a half. If you were trying to look for something like that, but I think if you're just taking money line and looking for a team to win, Baltimore should easily come away with the win here. I think Cleveland winning would certainly be uh, a big upset this week. Baltimore is clearly the better team. Cleveland has a fantastic legendary defense right now. Um, So I'm going to anticipate that Baltimore is going to face some trouble um, and they're not going to put up the 30 some points that they've been putting up uh, the last couple of weeks. They're not going to look quite as dominant, I don't think. Um, And if Deshaun Watson plays, I think Cleveland will do a little bit more offensively than they had been prior to this past week. I mean, obviously they played well against Arizona, but Arizona was just trash with Clayton Tune or whatever the heck his name was playing anyways. So I don't really <laughs> count count much what they did um, this particular week. I see this as probably a 10, maybe 13-point victory um, for Baltimore, you know, probably something. Because people forget Baltimore's defense is playing lights out as well, too. I mean, that's the other aspect that, that people are missing this whole thing. So I think it's maybe a, a, a 20 – 24-10, type of game, something like that with Baltimore picking up the win. Yeah, Cleveland definitely leads. I believe Cleveland has a nice, comfortable lead. Or not Cleveland, Baltimore. I believe Baltimore has a nice, comfortable lead in sacks, which of all the specific uh, categories you can look at within a defense, I would put sacks as probably the most or second most important. <laughs> maybe scoring, yeah. maybe scoring. Um, if you can hold people under 20 points, I'd say that's about maybe the second most important. But, but yeah, no, 
Baltimore's defense is pretty ferocious, and yeah, it should I be. Think, I think I they're think only. I, I think they're only giving up like thirteen points a game, something ridiculous like that. Well, it's kind of hard to get points if you're getting sacked every <laughs> as often as they yeah. are. It's they are playing pretty pretty remarkably, but yeah. If they can consistently keep on this track, I will finally be scared of the Ravens. But, um, I mean, all signs are pointing towards that. We know their ceiling is certainly that. Um, And honestly, the good Ravens at home, another chance for them at home, uh, I think it'll be, yeah, a pretty easy win for them as well. I agree. Well, and one last thought on that, though, too, is that the Ravens know, too, they can effectively knock someone else out in their division, too. They already beat the Browns once. This season, if they beat the Browns again, that essentially puts the Browns two and a half games behind them in the division. And that pretty much takes them out for any chance of winning that division. So, I mean, it's a big game for the Ravens in that regard in terms of being able to knock out a division opponent. Oh, yeah. And we're actually going to touch on all four of the AFC North opponents. Uh, just looking over this again, list our viewers. Oh, okay. see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that division's a hot mess. Every one of them has five wins and Baltimore has seven. Yeah. Dude, did you think that division was going to be as big a a big a deal as it was as it is right now? Did you think I <sighs> Pittsburgh especially the next game we're going to talk about might as well just roll into it. Yeah. Yeah, I I ate a, I ate a metaphorical hat. I did not believe that Pittsburgh <laughs> I still kind of stand by Pittsburgh as the worst five win team I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how they fall upward into all these wins that they've had, but here we are. They're a five win team. They are at home again, and they're hosting the Packers, who are barely running on fumes right now. I don't know what else needs to really be said personally uh, from this game. Uh, it should be an easy Pittsburgh win because uh, just Green Bay is going to have some serious soul searching this offseason. They're not getting it done right now. Yeah, uh, I mean Green Bay is bad. Jordan Love has been very unimpressive so far this season. Um, obviously, you know he played. Uh, pretty well this past week against uh, trying to look real quick who they just beat. They just beat somebody who was terrible. They uh, oh, they played the Rams. Rams. Yeah, they beat the Rams without Matthew oh, okay. Stafford. So, I mean, like, whoopty ding dong on that, right? I mean, that's nothing. But I agree with you. The Steelers are a huge surprise this season. I thought they were going to be terrible. I thought they would have maybe one or two wins at this point in time. And here we are again. Mike Tomlin has coached them up. They're playing uh, fantastic football on uh on the defensive side as they are usually they do good, are they playing good football on offense are they i think I, are they? well not 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 on offense not on offense on defense on defense yeah. they're playing they're like a top 15 defense i believe um, oh yeah no and their then, defense is really stout yeah and then on the offensive side of the ball they're doing just enough to to stay in the games they're they're honestly what the browns wish they could be right the browns have this fantastic legendary defense but their offense is putrid They're, they can't get anything done offensively if they had the offense that the Steelers had the Browns would be the top of the, the AFC but they can't get out of their own way so um, I agree with you wholeheartedly this should be a, a walk away victory for the Steelers they should confuse the hell out of Jordan Love he shouldn't know what's going on all day long he'll probably throw at least probably two picks in this game um, and the Steelers should walk away uh, fairly easily in this particular game and and be sitting there with six wins, probably tied for second place <laughs> in their division. <laughs> I just, I agree. Jordan Love is going to get lost in the terrible towels. I think that's what's going to happen. And Steelers are going to do just enough. Pit, I mean, Green Bay's defense does have some really good playmakers on it, but with how often the Pittsburgh defense will get 
Green Bay off the field, I think it'll counter it and it'll exhaust the Green Bay defense. It's yeah. You yeah, talked about sacks. TJ Watt's going to eat Jordan Love up. Oh yeah, no. With Bakhtiari basically talking about retirement because he's on IR still, like, no, he's he's going to get murdered. It's it's gonna yeah. not going to be pretty. And there'll be a six-win team, and they'll yeah. be <laughs> they'll still be two games behind the Ravens because the Ravens we're saying are going to get to eight wins. But um, yeah, but the but but but, but Pittsburgh's going to be sitting in second place, tied with the Steelers in their division. What a world. or tied with the tied with the Bengals in their division. That's ridiculous. We're gonna have three AFC North teams <laughs> in the playoffs. That's they're they're this whole conference. We'll talk about the Bengals in a second. That whole division's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's let's cool it down for a less exciting game that we have for our third matchup. <laughs> we have the New York Jets, who again, listeners, uh, we are taping this before that kickoff. We don't know. We hope they beat the Chargers, but they still have a top five defense in the league. Zach Wilson looks like he's getting just enough, just enough done trying to keep the seat warm for Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. We'll see if that actually happens. But if anybody is going to come back from an Achilles tear in six months or less, I my money's going to be on Aaron Rodgers. Um, but they are going to be going to Las Vegas to face the newly rejuvenated Raiders who celebrated like they just won the college football championship <laughs> just getting a victory in week nine because they got a victory that josh mcdaniels could never coach them into uh i don't really know they don't really have home field advantage because vegas is very very neutral there's a lot of tourism there and i'm not i'm not convinced that uh aiden uh i'm already forgetting his last name uh, o'connell o'connell thank you um, I want to cheer for that kid because he's from here. He's from Purdue. <clears throat> I want to cheer for him. I want him to have a good game. But I don't think against the Jets defense without a real home crowd behind him, I think he's going to come back down to earth. I think, again, if Zach Wilson does just enough, if he doesn't throw two picks, <laughs> this Jets team is actually good enough. They might squeak in for a wild card. And uh, I think at least keeping it focused on this week, I think they'll they'll beat the Raiders pretty good. Yeah, I think um, so. This game's a little bit tricky, I guess, just because Zach Wilson can throw up over himself at any point in time, um, and you know, fumble the ball away and throw three interceptions. I mean, so that's that's highly possible. Um, but I True. think that the Jets, I think the Jets' defense um, is stout enough. I think that they're going to game plan um, to take away uh, Josh Jacobs and dare Aiden O'Connell to win this game with his arm, um, and you know, play against those. Uh, good cornerbacks that the Jets have out there. Um, and I don't think that he's going to be up to the task. I mean, even in this game against the Giants in which, you know, the Giants absolutely are just utter trash. He only threw 25 times for 209 yards, didn't throw a single touchdown. Um, oddly enough, only got four receptions to Devontae Adams. I don't understand how you can't get Devontae Adams the ball. Um, but, you know, they had Josh Jacobs carry the ball 26 times. So, I mean, that's clearly going to be their – their way of going forward is to just hand Jacobs the rock 30 times a game and, you know, keep the ball out of O'Connell's hands as much as they can. Um, and I don't think that the Jets are going to allow them to do that. The Jets have a bunch of guys up front who can really stuff the run and slow things down. So I think that uh, doesn't play well into the Raiders' hands this this coming week. Um, I think the Jets have a real shot. I mean, that's why we got them on the, on the pick list here uh, to win this game. I, I think it's going to come down to – kind of what you said there, Dan, is Wilson not screwing the game up and not giving it away. Exactly. It's 
very very strange that this is um a sunday night football game still i me and james, yeah. were, hold, me and james were holding out that our game was at least going to get flexed uh to four o'clock we thought our game would have a little bit more weight to it but yeah no we're still going to be subjected to um what was supposed to be <laughs> aaron Rodgers versus jimmy garoppolo but in different uniforms this time but now yeah well i guess we're we're still keeping it. I understand flexing is a very hard thing to do. Don't blast us. But I just it's just funny to me that you can put all of this effort into the schedule and then it doesn't matter. Like it's it's still a crap <laughs> yeah. shoot at the, end of the day. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> so anyway, going on to the next game. It's a four thirty game. The Washington commies, the commanders, they are going to the link in Seattle. Um or Lumen. I don't know what the new nickname is. I still like calling it the link. Um, I know it's called Lumen Field, but um, but anyway, they're going to Seattle to face the Seahawks with their tails tucked between their legs after the embarrassing loss to the Baltimore Ravens. You want to talk about a team with a real home field advantage, though, facing a team that admittedly does have some pride to them. They are still fighting somewhat. They have an offense that still tries, and their defense still tries, but this is going to be a, another game without Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young. That offense can only do so much. Seattle plays much, much better at home, and Pete Carroll won't let them be miserable about losing to the Ravens. They're still going to fight every single week, and this should be a comfy win for the Seattle Seahawks to get a, a bounce back to try and uh, get back ahead of us. And they'll be praying that we lose to Jacksonville. But um, anyway, focusing on this game, Seattle should have a pretty easy bounce back win against the Commanders. Yeah, I uh, really agree with you, Dan. I think um, I think Seattle's going to be looking to bounce back. I think Pete Carroll is going to be coaching them up. I think exactly what you said there in terms of knowing that the division is still uh, within their grasp. Um, you know, knowing that if they if they keep winning, that they're right on pace for controlling their destiny for for perhaps uh, winning the division. It'll be uh, not uh, next week, but two weeks out. They'll play us um, on Thanksgiving night. You know, for uh, what'll be first place in the division likely at that point in time um so i think he's going to keep them focused on that knowing that they got to win um the commanders are are okay right i mean they're they're a, an average team right they're they're not gonna um you know they're gonna be competitive um they're gonna hang around but i think the seahawks are um a, a good average team i guess i'll say um and they're a little bit better than than the commanders are and i think that they pick up this win um, you know, probably a seven, 10 point win. Yeah, no, I probably nothing super flashy in this game. I don't think the Seahawks are going to like bend them over a fence or anything, but no, it should be a nice little bounce back win for them. A nice, a nice cushy win. Yeah. Talking about a team next that needs a bounce back win. The Buffalo Bills, they are hosting. <clears throat> I don't know why the time's not on there. I don't know what time that game is actually. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. The uh, oh, it's probably Monday. I think it's the Monday night football game, right? Uh, it might be. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah, Monday night football. So they're going off a Sunday night football game into a Monday night football game. They're at home this time though, and they are hosting the Denver Broncos, who at least up to two weeks ago were the worst defense in the league they are starting to play a little bit better it seems like it seems like it's finally starting to like click a little bit for them but yeah you're the cold is not going to be a factor they're denver they're from the cold too but with a team as vastly more talented as uh as they are going into buffalo 
this that's the story of Buffalo this year is a it's a nice win then a bad loss then a nice win then a bad loss then a nice win then a bad loss this should fall into that nice win category under the lights they just got embarrassed by Joe Burrow they want to they want to get their egos back up they want to feel they they're going to want to come out and uh take it to Denver to show people that hey no we can still contend in this in this league like that was just a one off I want to face Burrow again so I mean I don't know what much else there would be to say i think josh allen should be able to take down denver pretty easily well i think we need to start talking about the narratives that the bills aren't really good um you know everybody's got the bills in this tier with the chiefs and the ravens and i'm going to put the bengals in that tier we'll talk about them a little bit later in our picks here um but everybody keeps talking that the bills like they're a super bowl contender I, they're not good um, they're another one of those teams, like I just talked about the Seahawks, where they're a, a really good average team. Um, they have spent the season winning games against teams that aren't very good. Um, and that's it. And I think, to your point, Dan, they're going to beat the Broncos, but that's because the Broncos themselves are not overly good. Um, and that's really all there is to that. Um, so... I expect them to win. They'll probably do the typical Bills thing where they look pretty good doing it. And because it's on Monday night football in prime time, they'll get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talking about them again. And they'll be the talk of the TV and radio again the, the following week. And they'll play the Jets the next week. And they'll probably get beat by the Jets. Or if it's not the Jets, they'll get waxed by the – they play the Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys the following weeks after that. They'll probably go one and two or oh and three against those teams in the coming weeks because they're not getting out of that series in a positive manner. So um, I think here in a few weeks, the, the Bills are really going to be exposed for what they truly are. But they'll win this week. Yes, I will. I will piggyback on that with just one thought. I didn't watch the, the primetime game last night. Um, I did, though, watch when they played the Bucks. That was not a convincing win against a team oh, no. that they should have obliterated. That was, yeah, the Bucks defense is above average, but for all the clout that they have and all the hype and the ceiling theoretically that they have, that was not a convincing win to me at Buffalo. So I completely agree with you. Buffalo is going to have the rug come out from under them sooner than later. I don't, he shouldn't be in the MVP talks. The Buffalo Bills are just there. They're going to be a wild card, uh, one and done. I think this year, should they, assuming they still make the playoffs, which that shouldn't be out of the question. But no, they'll be a wild card, one and done. I'll call that now. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, onto the next game. We didn't have a week with the Detroit Lions. They got a nice little break, and now they are going to L.A. Gosh, we have a running, we have a reoccurring theme of teams without a home field <laughs> advantage this week. I've noticed <laughs> they're flying out to LA. There's probably going to be a lot more Detroit blue than LA Chargers blue. We don't know right now. Just the last reminder we're watching the Chargers and the Jets are playing right now. Uh, well, in about 20 minutes, but um, so we don't know how they handled or not handled the Jets. But just speaking from from history lately, the last like three or four years of history, um. The Jets, they just, I don't know. We we always say Chargers going to charge. They they throw up on themselves. They trip over their own genitals. I don't want to get flagged for anything. But um, <laughs> they, no, they're terrible. They, 
they let wins that they should be able to get easy just slip right through their hands. And then, um, yeah, they'll beat up on like the Bears. Cool. You kick the crap out of the Bears. But I don't know. They, I don't know. When they're going to face a team that is as hungry and just has the spirit of we got nothing to lose like Detroit has. No, I'm not betting on the Chargers. I think the Lions are going to come back refreshed from their bye week, especially. That's going to be a big factor into this, too. And the Chargers are going to have a short week because they're playing right now in Monday Night Football. I think this will be a, a glorious victory for the Lions in the L.A. Sun. Yeah, uh, I'm using a lot of the same logic that I just used for the last game. The Chargers have three wins this season. They've beaten nobody. They beat the Vikings, who I don't really believe are any good. They beat the Raiders, who we know are not any good. And they beat the Bears, who we know are not any good. Anybody else that's actually decent, the Chiefs, Cowboys, Dolphins, they've lost to. And they haven't played well in those games. So, I mean, I just don't think that they're any good. I think that they're another one of these teams that's like average to like kind of decent average. Um, you know, Herbert, I think, is a good quarterback, um, but I don't think that uh, he's got all the talent around him to really be successful. I think that their coach um, gambles a little too much for what he's got going on his team. And they, as you said, chargers like to charge and they end up throwing up all over themselves um, inevitably every week and giving the game away in some way, shape or form. And I think that we're going to see that against this Lions team. This Lions team is good. Um, I know. Yeah. In my lifetime, it's hard to see and picture and envision a Lions team is actually good. Um, I'm sure it is for you as well. But this Lions team is actually good. They're 6-2 and two in the NFC, and they've beaten some decent teams. They're actually good. And I think this is going to be a, a solid win for them. I think they're going to win by 10 points. I, I think it's not even going to really be much of a game. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> the, um, it is very strange to see the lions good. I've not seen as much football as some other viewers have. I'll put it that way, but I've never seen the lions remotely competitive, let alone a good team. I think I've seen one, maybe two good lions teams before, but never, never in the realm of possibility of actually making it to the NFC championship. And this team really could like, it's not, it's not unfathomable that this team could make the NFC championship. They, they got the spirit behind them. They got the right players. They're all very young. They're all very hungry. Jared Goff wants to prove the world that that one Super Bowl was actually in part because of him and not just because of Sean McVay. He, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm scared of that. I, I'm legitimately scared of these lions. Like they, yeah, they get it. They get the benefit of an easy schedule, but like you said, the hard teams that they beat up to this point, they were legit good teams. They could yeah. really make they'll they could really make some noise uh, come New Year. And yeah, no, they should take care of the Chargers with absolutely no problem. Yeah, no, I agree. So onward to uh, Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, oh man, I have um, I have some thoughts on these guys. Houston going to Cincinnati. If I still lived in Cincinnati. Um, Actually, no, I still couldn't be going to this game because of because uh, <laughs> I'm going to Jacksonville. If I wasn't going to Jacksonville to be with James, <laughs> if I wasn't going to Jacksonville to be with James, I would definitely, and I still live in Cincinnati, I would try very hard to go to this game. C.J. Stroud is the real deal at quarterback. He certainly is trending in that direction that he could be the real deal at quarterback. D'Amico Ryans is definitely taking this team in the right direction, kind of like the Lions they have 
a great fun energy to it. They're taking advantage of that. No one believes in us. They they are making things difficult for teams that should run over them if you compare them to last year. That being said, Joe Burrow is healthy, and a healthy yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has invigorated this Bengals team. They just kicked the crap out of us. They kicked the crap out of the Bengals, or they kicked the crap out of the Bills. Sorry, and they're they want they want so desperately to be ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs and get to the Super Bowl. Now that Joe Burrow is healthy, that is very, very real, a very real possibility. And I'm very sorry, Texans fans. You are you're metaphorically going into a jungle and not coming out. Like he, this is just I feel bad because CJ Stroud really impressed me. Um I did only catch the very end of that game, but that was the best part of it. So CJ yeah. Stroud is awesome, but no, they're not gonna get out of this game. Joe Burrow is on a mission to get to the Super Bowl now that he's healthy. Yeah, I think I think people were maybe like a week, maybe two weeks off from really understanding that the Bengals are back. Um, you know, the Bengals just looked off for that first three weeks of the season. Maybe it was even four. I don't know. I'd have to look back through, um, you know, what they uh, let me look that's through here, their, what their schedule was. But that's been their MO kind of like ours. Start the season kind of slow. Yeah. But then once they get in gear, they're <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. gone. Yeah, I mean, they were one and three through the first four weeks of the season. So I think people were really kind of sleeping on them um you know with their bad start and uh i don't think they realize just how good that team is right now um that team is clicking on both offense and on defense like you said burrow is finally healthy um that's making all the world a difference in terms of uh what's happening in offense there um their defense is playing really really well um so they've got it going on both sides of the ball right now and i think they're going to be um you know I, I was mentioned earlier i got them as chiefs ravens and Bengals as the top three teams and the AFC, it's going to be one of those teams that's going to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this season uh, is what I really think. And so, um, you know, Houston has had a fantastic season. I think if you'd have told anybody that was a Texans fan that their team would have four wins by this point in time in the season, I, I think you would have, you know, made them as happy as they could possibly be. Um, uh, Stroud, to your point, does look like the real deal. He's played fantastic so far this season. Um, but you're just asking too much of this team this early on to beat this Bengals team um, that they're going to be facing right now. I think they're going to face some um, some defensive schemes um, that Stroud's not going to be really ready for. Um, the Bengals defensive coach uh, is really good at scheming things up, um, and they have the players to be able to do it. So I think they're going to just face some things that they're not really ready for. I think the talent level um, is a little bit of a mismatch on both sides of the ball. Um, could the Texans win? Yeah, sure, they could win. Um, but I just think that the Bengals are going to pull this off. Um, don't see it being uh, terribly close. Uh, again, feel like this is probably a this, – this feels kind of like a 10, 13-point win to me. I, I think the Bengals are going to kind of walk away with this one. I don't know what the spread is. I only have those. I only have those hundreds in front of me. But honestly, if the Texans keep it within ten, I would. Moral victories don't count, but they would in that case. If they can keep within Ooh. ten points of the Bengals, I would call that a moral victory in a step this, in the right direction. The spread is actually eight and a half. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's way more generous than I thought it was going to be. That's. No, uh, I wouldn't have thought it was that high. No, I thought it would have been like. 10 or 12 like some odd number like that like well okay well yeah i i would hope just try to get the moral victory out of it i think they're going to play good enough that they're not going to get embarrassed but again you are going against the Bengals. like i mean good luck you're 
I hate to throw, I hate to just just casually because this is the perfect set for a trap game. But um, but no, I this is not the Bengal. Joe Burrow is on a mission. He's not gonna he's not gonna let Houston trip him up. Um, no, I don't think so. Anyway, we need to get to this last game. It is our no. fourth, fifth, <laughs> one o'clock game. This is the one that we had the most debate about off mic. We don't necessarily need to go into all of that, but but anyway. We have the New Orleans Saints going to Minnesota. And you were saying, okay, average for a few of these teams. The Saints are the textbook definition of okay. And just, yeah, yeah, their defense has some moments here and there. And yeah, their offense has some moments there. But going to Minnesota, I don't know. I'm siding with Jimmy B on this one. I think Minnesota does have a real home field advantage at home. I think that, I think that that defense is going to be able to handle the the very bland Saints offense very, very well. And then Josh Dobbs, yeah, he's fresh off of being traded over. And yeah, they just <laughs> won a game that they definitely shouldn't have. But I don't know. I just, I get this feeling like Jimmy B that, uh, but Dobbs is very smart between the ears. I think that with all the traveling that he has done, I think that he's going to be able to handle that Saints defense okay. Benefit to being at home. I think home field advantage really is going to play a big factor to this too. I think the weapons he has are better than he had in Arizona too. Or uh, uh, Oh my God, I already forgot where he was. Arizona, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's got better weapons here than he does in Arizona, even without Justin Jefferson. I think it's a, I don't know, as weird as it sounds, like that their, that their season is still somewhat kind of alive. It's not entirely out the window yet. I, I think that they'll be able to pull it off against the Saints. You being the one that was the most apprehensive about this pick, uh, what are what's your two cents on it? This is the one I hate the most on our entire card. Uh, so you mentioned that you mentioned that they have the home field advantage. Minnesota is a plus one point five on the spread, which means that they're not even getting home field advantage in terms of the spread. Um, I don't believe in Joshua Dobbs. I, Jimmy B seems to love Joshua Dobbs. He had him in the Arizona game a couple weeks ago. Now he's riding him in Minnesota again. He's a big believer in Mr. Dobbs. Um, I don't know what to do with him and that guy, but, you know, that's his thing. So I would agree with him. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's definitely – I would take oh, there's, him. There's far worse. Yeah, I mean, there's that I would take dude him over that – PJ Walker. <laughs> there's that hot dog vendor that plays quarterback for the Giants. I mean, I would take him oh, over yeah. that guy. <laughs> I would I mean, take him. Sure. If Nick Mullins was healthy, I would probably take him over Nick Mullins too, honestly. But um, I think Nick Mullins was still on IR. But um, but anyway, no, yeah. I would take him over Nick Mullins. I would um, I would take him over Zach Wilson. I would feel much more comfortable with Josh Dobbs over Zach Wilson if they had the chance. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, I don't know. He does have more. He does have more talent surrounding him in Minnesota than he did in Arizona. So I will give you credit there. Um. So for me, the Minnesota Vikings are kind of like my kryptonite, right? Like every time I bet on the Vikings, they lose. Every time I bet against the Vikings, they win. So like I just have this horrible love-hate relationship with the Vikings that I can't ever seem to get across. So I just – I hate this game. I hate everything about it. Um, I'm just hoping and praying that you guys are right and that I am wrong. Um, I, I think that the Saints – I don't know. The, 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 this is such a hard game for me because this is a, a game of two teams that I think both are just as average as average could be, right? I think that the Saints are, like you just said, I think that their offense is very vanilla, very basic. They've got a couple playmakers, but they don't really seem to do anything with them. I think that their defense has a couple of playmakers, but they don't really take advantage of them, and they don't ever really seem to show up and stand out. 
same thing with the Vikings. They, the, the rookies seem to be stepping up and playing up for the Vikings, but the, they don't seem to be making anything happen out of it. So, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I just I hate this game. I wanted you guys to that, take it off the stupid card. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. That's how we feel about the the Falcons. The Falcons bit us in the butt the same way every single time. The way you oh, yeah. Vikings have bit you in the butt. I yep. um off mic. I off mic. I threw the I threw the black ball at um Tennessee and the Bucks because I can't get a read on either of them either. I no both of those no. Teams, the, Outside of the Falcons, the three teams I can't personally get a read on are the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Titans, especially with Will Levis playing now for the Titans. I don't know what the hell to expect with any of those three teams. And like, yeah, me and James at least agree on the Falcons. I'll we'll have to touch base with him on the Titans and the Bucks. But yeah. if any of those see, three teams are involved, I I get very apprehensive if I see any of those three teams. Yeah, I think I think Heineke is actually not terrible as a quarterback. Um, and I think that the Falcons actually have a decent amount of talent on both sides of the ball. I think they just are kind of like feeling themselves out a little bit. Now, normally I wouldn't pick the Falcons, but the Cardinals are just so terrible that Arthur I thought Smith as long has as not figured them out yet, he's no, not, that's to true. That's he's true. A good, not to say he's a good or bad coach, whatever he is, he hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. I just thought playing against the Cardinals with, uh, Carson Toon or whatever the heck his name is at quarterback, they have, they got no shot. They're not going to win that game. So I thought the Falcons would be a good bet against that. Now, if Kyler Murray plays different situation, I wouldn't have touched that game with a 10-foot pole. But with Toon at quarterback, I thought the Falcons would eat him alive because he just looked like he had never played a game of football before in his life playing in Cleveland. So Yeah. With, that was my with, only Ky- with Kyler back, though, I don't blame them for not starting Kyler last week against Cleveland's defense. Why on, no earth would you, why on earth would you throw a guy with a freshly prepared knee into that? That was very smart of them to not do that. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But anyway, guys, those are our parlay picks. If you didn't see, I'll pull it back up just for a quick sec. Uh, we threw, we're each throwing five bucks into this $550 payout. It went up after we, uh, we talked about it for a little bit. Hey, it wasn't, all right. it wasn't that high before, um, but not that much. And anyway, disclaimer, I don't know if I have to do this disclaimer, but Please double check your state, uh, the legality of whether you do fantasy or no gambling or all gambling. Please, 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 please double check your state. We are betting legally through me. All our odds are subject to change, and we got them today via DraftKings, if you couldn't tell from the graphic there from DraftKings. Anyway, now with that out of the way, I need to also tell you about our sponsor for this series, RoyalRetros.com. What's RoyalRetros.com? It is your go-to place to get a authentic throwback jersey. They cover all the major sports, basketball, baseball, football, especially all you Niners fans. They have a candlestick park collection on sale right now. You can go there, check out everything they have Niners related. Again, the candlestick park collections there, and you can get 10% off of your order with our code below me, Shady Sports. Type that into the promo code section when you're in checkout, and you'll get 10% off of your entire order. Again, it is royalretros.com. Use the promo code SHADYSPORTS, and you get 10% off of your entire order. Go get yourself a Royal Retro jersey today. And now to talk about charity that, Eric, you are now a part of as well. (laughs) It is below you (laughs) there at bonfire.com. We have some amazing shirts that uh, I will show you here. But the reason we're taking on this uh, charity 
um, taking this on is because we want to we want to take on ownership accountability. So what is that? If you haven't heard it before, we think the owners need to be held to the same standards that players are. There have been numerous owners that needed to be held accountable and to extents have, we just need to see how certain trials go out. We saw what happened to Daniel Snyder, the minority owner for the Houston Texans. He had some very disgusting things come out, allegations come out about him, allegations. Um, and then our own CEO, Jed York, had some shady stuff going on as well. And we at Niner Nuts are just kind of tired of it. So we started this hashtag, owner accountability, owner standards over player standards. We think that needs to be re- rebalanced and the owners need to be held to the same accountability that the players are. So with that, we do have some shirts that we have commissioned to be designed, and all of the proceeds from these shirts are going to a Kentucky Crisis Center. Uh, it will be named, but the money is going to be going to a Kentucky Crisis Center. Our first design here is the little banner that's going below me. Owner standards over player standards. Hashtag owner accountability. We want to get that hashtag going. You see all the sizes and colors there. A lot of different variety you can add for that shirt. Our second one, we've had this before when we were running the Daniel Snyder uh, campaign. We decided to bring it back. It is a beautiful design with uh, the owners in a very comical, yet still the messages there standoff with each other. Absolutely beautiful design. It is only in gray, though. Keep that in mind. The next shirt is our album cover or our podcast album art, so to say. Uh, This is what you see, obviously, when you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you are. Very traditional, if that is your jam. We have an alternate of the logo as well. This one's in red. You can see it's in uh, burgundy blue and a couple other colors. But this is a very beautiful alternate design that we have with the goalposts and the nuts on them. And then our last shirt our adorable mascot, a peanut eating nuts. I don't know if that's cannibalism or not, but he is happy as a clam <laughs> eating his <laughs> eating the bowl of peanuts while watching the 49ers. It is a beautiful shirt. And again, guys, every single one of these, all five of these shirt designs are on bonfire.com. If you just Google bonfire niner nuts, we literally pop up. I verified it. We were the first thing that pops up. It's right below that's not a hyperlink. You have to copy that. But anyway, they are there. And we do not want any proceeds from these shirts. These proceeds are going to be going to a yet-to-be-named Kentucky Crisis Center. We just want you to have a cool shirt and know that you helped out somebody in need. So with that, I traditionally like to go to Roto World and check out what's going on in player news. But... um. I nothing really has stood out to me right now. I am looking at it right now. Um, well, ESPN says Murray's going to start on Sunday. That is true. Kyler Murray is coming back. Debo Samuel is back. Actually, Debo Samuel was spotted at practice today. I didn't see what his designation was. He probably was limited. Let's be real. But yeah. um, we're back at practice. We're going to be in Jacksonville. For real, we are going to be in Jacksonville, me and James. We are going to be there covering the game we don't have press credentials so we can't talk to kyle but we're gonna go there (laughs) we're gonna hang out the tailgates we're gonna talk to some people and we're going to be watching hopefully the 49ers in the end the three game losing streak and take down jacksonville 
take Jacksonville down a peg. Don't give them their seventh win. Get us our sixth win. And jokingly, I will jump into that pool if we lose out of just <laughs> sorrow. Like, Jacksonville is good. I'll, I will say that, but um, there's no reason. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to handle them even in Jacksonville. Even though, dang it, we got another team on a bye week. <laughs> yeah. This is the third time this has happened. I think it happens another time. Um, strictly talking bye weeks. Um, it's a whole nother thing with our two primetime uh, short week holiday games. That's a whole nother thing in itself. But in terms of bye week, I don't remember if we have another one. But yeah, no bye week advantage for us. So that's awesome. Thanks, schedule makers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, that's all I got, guys. We did go a little long on this episode. But hey, this is the... The one time you get to see us before uh, we go off to Jacksonville. Eric, you got anything to close out on? No, uh, just, you know, thanks for uh, making me a part of the Niners Nuts family. Uh, really excited to, to be here and uh, looking forward to the game this weekend. Hoping, like you said, the Niners can break out of this skid. It's going to be a tough game, I think. Um, both teams got a lot to play for. Jacksonville's playing for some pride and respect out there in the AFC. And the Niners are playing to get back on top and uh, show people that they're a true contender. So, uh, it's going to be a bang up game, so hopefully we can come out on top. Absolutely. I don't remember what channel we're on, but it's at 1 o'clock East Coast time, 10 a.m. West Coast time. Going to Jacksonville. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next week. Beat the Jags. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song River Road, River Road You got me running all night long River Road Where have all the women gone? Have they kissed their hand and waved you bye-bye? Have they thought about crossing your double yellow lines? River Road, they love the way you whine and cry <laughs>